Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to another podcast, Pontifications. I am Evo Terra. Today on the topic of conversation, we'll be centering around podcast discovery in 2026. I do launch podcasts. More about that in just a moment. Let's talk about podcast discovery eight years from now. Yeah, 2026 is only eight years from now. But we have to talk about what it looks like today before we can get to the future. This is a topic that comes up quite a lot, and I, and I don't want to spend time arguing the point about whether or not we have good podcast discovery, we don't have bad podcast discovery. But here's the deal. Right now, there are either half a million podcasts or two million, depending on whose number that you believe. And we just don't have a good way to provide results out to people, to provide recommendations specifically, and that's really what I want to focus on today, is recommendation engines. Um, I think the way I want to begin this is thinking about recommendation engines that you know that aren't in the podcasting world that you are likely exposed to. At least two you're familiar with, most likely one, maybe not. Number one is uh, Amazon. Amazon lists billions of products, I don't know how many. And um, they have to make recommendations to buy them. Now, and I'm thinking about this specifically for authors. Let's think about Amazon as a book seller. So authors go to Amazon and push their stuff there. And, you know, something like, I don't know, 2 million books are published every year on Amazon. So Amazon has to find a way to surface the cream of the crop, if you will, so that their consumers can uh, make intelligent choices out of those 2 million books that are published every single year. Okay. That's one option. Number two is Netflix. Netflix does not have billions of products. Netflix has whatever Netflix has. And Netflix provides recommendations for people to listen to because if you've ever tried to search on Netflix, you'll know that it's a terrible experience. So instead of that, Netflix provides recommendations of what you should watch, and, and clearly we're watching it. And the other one I want to think about is Medium. Medium, the website where people can write articles, and uh, Medium now has a curated membership program where if you, well, they always curate and present things, and only if you are a member do you actually get to look at them. So I want to think about those three models, uh, and then also let's compare and contrast that to what we have today for podcasting. Uh, in podcasting, we have whatever it takes to get on Apple's uh, top recommendations. Forget the charts, forget the Trending, forget even new and notable. Those are okay. But where the real big discovery happens is once you're inside uh, Apple and you have get a, you get a spot in their premier, their, their featured program. That's what makes your numbers take off. All the other direct, all the other little apps, everybody who has like, you know, less than 1% or 2% of the market share, they also have their own recommendations. And so getting up on them is would be a good way to get your podcast additional exposures, right? 
Uh, and then there's the, the other way that happens right now. There's a bunch of newsletters that are published, about 20 or so newsletters by people who are fans of podcasting who will make weekly, oftentimes, recommendations of what you should listen to next. These people are actively curating the content uh, that is out there. But there's a big difference between what's happening now in podcasting where you have the apps themselves that are making recommendations and a second set of people outside who are making recommendations to their to their group. It's a little disconnected, and so we, we don't have really a good chance to, to, to make those things connected. So I called this Podcast Discovery 2026 because what I see happening more is I see apps... Apps will continue to have to evolve. Apps are going to have to find a way to make sure that they are uh, inclusive, but maybe not. I mean, that's that's the model right now. Every app maker wants to make their app inclusive of everything. So just use my podcast app to listen to whatever you want to listen to. I don't see that continuing. A better way to say that, I see a crop of brand new apps coming up in the next eight years that are highly vertical focused. They just do this thing. They are a silo. Is that vertical or horizontal? doesn't really matter. Laughable is one app, such app that does that today. There will be others that come up that will be focused just around particular genres. But even then, even with apps that have specific, specific, specific genres around them, they are going to have to have a very healthy curation system that we just don't have today. It's going to have to recommend things to you, the listener. And that's not going to be easy. So what I think we'll find happening is, instead of thinking about, from the app's point of view, what if we took this idea of these people who are giving the podcast recommendations today and these dozens of newsletters that are out there, what if they were the ones that were kind of powering those particular vertical apps? That would be helpful, making those recommendations inside of the app that somebody is actively using. It's nice to think about, but that, that problem is, is, well, there are lots of problems when it comes to that. The fact is, do you think the people that, let me change the way I say that, looking at eight years, do you think there will be more or less new podcasts from scratch created um, every year? More, right? So it's a constant problem of scale. Well, it's not, not going to be easy. If you think that algorithms are going to solve the scale problem, you're right, but we don't have enough content. It's a big data problem, and we don't have enough data to use big data modeling around it. Right now, if you, you try and throw big data at their, a big data approach at this problem, you wind up with common recommendations that everybody's listening to, and it's not, it's not helpful. So I think we're going to go down to curation. And what I think that means for podcasters over the next few years is I think we podcasters are going to have to get cozier with the people who are in charge of discovery. We're going to have to cater to their needs. We're going to have to cultivate relationships with them. And we're going to have to find ways to keep them satisfied. You know, this happens in the movies all the time. Well, let's talk about movies for a second. Man, I still ramble. This topic I could talk for hours, but I'm going to try and try and keep it short and succinct. Look, if you're, there are people out there that are trying to build um, 
Rotten Tomatoes versions of podcasts. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think that works for some. I think for self-contained audio dramas, you can do that. I think for very predictable shows, then that you can do that. But things change. Seasons, not necessarily seasons, but as, as new things come in and out, it's just really tough to do. Because, you know, a podcast isn't a self-contained thing in most cases. Most podcasts run on and on. They're continuous, never-ending stories. Maybe more like soap operas. Well, that's the audio drama side. That continues. So I don't think we're going to see some little Rotten Tomatoes score come out that says this is what this podcast overall is about because it can change so drastically from show to show to season to season. There are a lot of problems when you start to think about what Discovery looks like in the next eight years. And if there's one thing that it means, if there's one thing you should take away from this, it is that what's happening today, right now, might be foundational, but it's going to look very different in eight years. You, the person responsible for the podcast, whether you're the producer or you're the host or somebody else involved, will likely have to be more involved in this solving this problem, in working with the places where discovery happens, working with the curators, maybe having your own curator. Lots of things to think through. Business models, incentive. Yeah. It's complicated. Podcast discovery is just going to get more complicated because more shows come out. It's interesting. It's not scary. It shouldn't stop you. It should make you go forward. If you've got an idea about it, I would love to chat with you about it. Also, if you are a business or a service, a professional service provider and you want to get into podcasting, now's a great time. You need help? Contact me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. Podcastlaunch.pro is where you can find information about the services I provide to my clients. I'll be back here tomorrow with another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic health care need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donations4abortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, 
Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.